the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When it was first announced that churches would need to remain closed on Easter Day, my colleague in Chicago, the Reverend uh, Erica Takas, wrote this poem. They say there will be no Easter this year. No hats, no hunts, no hemming, no lilies to fill a bright room with a fanfare of pollen, no garden, no angel, no victory. They say that our journey, born in sackcloth and ashes, will lead us at last to nowhere. And so we sit worried that the tomb this year will be found for once still full. That Mary and the others will leave with their spices and come back home with nothing. That this year the women will finally end their work, anoint, and leave empty. Shh. Be still. Do you not hear her? Clucking close by like an old mother hen, brooding and sighing and stretching her wings? Fear not, she says. For I did it before in the silence, in the dark, in a closed and locked room, in a world that had known only death. Did I not prove once and for all that there is nothing you can do, no decision you can make for good or for ill that can stop me rising? This has been a difficult Holy Week in Easter. For the first time in nearly 200 years, St. Peter's is closed for public, in-person worship on Easter Day. But to paraphrase a colleague's message to his parish earlier this week, if someone were to peek beyond those wrought iron gates this morning, the emptiness of this old church will quietly proclaim, He is not here. He is risen. There's nothing, not social distancing, a global pandemic, even a church closure on Easter Day that can stop Christ from rising. The Gospels tell us that early on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb. They did not know it was Easter. They did not arrive wearing brightly colored Easter dresses. They did not bring Easter lilies. They did not sing hymns on the way. Early on the first day of the week, on that very first Easter, they came with funeral spices. They came to anoint the body of their dead friend. They came filled with grief. That first Easter began in darkness and fear. It was not like the Easter's we have come to know, filled with joyful music and liturgical fanfare. That first Easter began with grief and uncertainty. Perhaps for you, this morning feels a bit like that first Easter. Perhaps you are filled with a bit of sadness and uncertainty. But if there's anything the Easter story and the stories of our lives can teach us, it is that we often encounter the risen Christ in moments of darkness. 
in those hours before the dawn when we are filled with, with fear and uncertainty. When I think of the moments I have most vividly encountered the resurrected Lord, it has been in moments of loss, in the hours just before Easter morn. It has been while praying with someone after a difficult diagnosis, sitting with someone in the wake of a broken relationship, standing at the bedside of a dying friend. Like that first Easter Resurrection always begins in the dark. In the darkest moments when life seems too hard or when the weight of this world seems too much to bear, when all seems lost, the resurrected Christ breaks through. Sometimes in very small ways, in glimmers of hope, in moments that assure us that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God. The world around us would have us believe that there is no hope. But today, and for the past 2,000 years, the church has boldly proclaimed a different truth. Christ is risen. And boldly proclaiming Christ is risen is not to say that pain has ceased or that the world is suddenly made right. But saying Christ is risen is about proclaiming life and all seems lost. It's about proclaiming hope in the face of ruin, proclaiming resurrection in the face of death. In this morning's gospel, as the women leave the empty tomb, Jesus appears to them and says, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my disciples to go to Galilee. There they will see me. As I wrote in my column this week, I've often wondered why Jesus wanted to meet his disciples in Galilee. Why not now, here in Jerusalem? And I think it's because Galilee was where they first met. Galilee was their home. Galilee was where their lives were upended, where they were pulled from their fishing boats, from their farms, from their tax booths. Galilee was where this rabbi and friend transformed their lives. And Jesus is now inviting them to meet him at the beginning, to go back to where it all started. Perhaps this Easter, in a time of social distancing in the midst of a global pandemic, Jesus is inviting us to meet him at the beginning. He is inviting us to remember when we first met, when our lives were upended, when we first knew we are loved. Perhaps by going back to the beginning, by remembering where it all started for each of us, we will then know that there is hope. All is not lost, and Christ is risen. There is nothing that can stop Christ from rising. Not sadness, not fear, and certainly not a coronavirus. Go back to the beginning, meet him there, and then boldly proclaim, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Amen.